Chapters twenty three and twenty four of the Barnabys in America by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty three Conversation and consultation between the ladies of the major and the colonel. A curious idea respecting the best manner of making visiting answer. Another large party of which Mrs. Allen Barnaby was again very decidedly the heroine concluded the day and it was not till the following morning that any opportunity occurred for her to converse with her still more highly favoured friend mrs colonel beauchamp upon the important subject of their approaching departure a very considerable change had taken place in the former lady's state of mind since the subject had been last canvassed between them and though in point of time this interval had not exceeded three days whole years sometimes pass over us without producing an equally decisive effect there was as the reader may by this time be pretty tolerably well aware a good deal of native decisiveness of purpose in the character of mrs allen barnaby and when she had determined upon doing anything she generally did it but notwithstanding this strong propensity to having her own way the admirable fund of good sense which she possessed prevented that way for the most part from leading her astray from her interest and therefore in all former conversations with mrs beauchamp upon the subject of the plans they were to pursue together she had hardly felt conscious of having any wish or will except that of ingratiating herself still further in the favour of that lady and promoting everything that could lead to increasing their intercourse and intimacy but now matters were altogether changed and their mutual position pretty nearly reversed mrs allen barnaby felt all over that it was she who was the person to confer honour and mrs colonel beauchamp the person to receive it in her opinion therefore it followed naturally that for the future that lady's wishes and convenience were on all points to give way to her own and though quite determined not to permit either will or whim no not even her own to deprive her of the solid advantages which she intended to reap from the devoted attachment of the wealthy planter's lady her mode of addressing her when they were next tete-a-tete -tete, approached very nearly in spirit to the celebrated tis mine to speak and thine to hear of the romance nor was she at all mistaken in the calculation she had made respecting the degree in which this was likely to be endured without producing any disagreeable result whatever perhaps mrs colonel beauchamp was a little surprised to hear that her dear friend had given up all thoughts of the delightful steamboat excursion they were all to make together but as to anger no such feeling ever entered her head and still less her heart and her first words were after becoming thoroughly availed as she would have said of the change which had taken place in mrs allen barnaby's intentions then you don't think i expect that you should be able to fix yourself for another long journey so soon i don't think i shall set off upon another long journey so soon returned the authoress slightly smiling but not from any fear of fatigue or over-exertion where the mind is forcibly sustained mrs beauchamp the body rarely gives way no my reasons for this alteration are wholly distinct from any idea of mere personal pleasure or personal inconvenience from you my dear madam i have no reserves nor do i wish to have any the generous the truly liberal hospitality with which you have invited myself and the whole of my suite to your big house at big bang bank can never be remembered without a feeling of gratified and let me say grateful affection i mean i fully mean to accept this hospitality and to repose with my important manuscript before me under the shadow of your friendly sugar-canes well knowing that i can in no way so well prove to you how thoroughly i appreciate your kindness as by accepting it 
and there i am sure you are quite right my dearest lady replied the really delighted mrs beauchamp there is nothing that i know of that would be so always agreeable to me as that and to my husband the colonel i expect as much as to me for in course i calculate upon your husband the major not forgetting his card-playing because he is in the country he is too smart a gentleman for that i expect oh no there is not the slightest fear of it i am sure returned mrs allen barnaby with an encouraging nod the major is really one of the most amiable men in the world and would rather i am convinced play every night of his life to amuse and please so excellent a person as the colonel than follow any more favourite pursuit of his own and to make you quite easy on that head i can assure you that he really does not dislike cards at all himself all men of fashion with us you know are accustomed to play and rather high too even from their earliest childhood and this of course becomes habitual to them so that scarcely any of our really distinguished men ever like to go to bed till they have passed their accustomed hour or two at play so do not let that worry you dear mrs beauchamp it will all do very well i dare say the major as you may naturally suppose has been accustomed to have his attention roused and kept awake by a tolerably high stake all men of fortune are used to that i presume in every country but there is no danger that our gentlemen should differ about that point and in short i look forward to enjoying a long visit to you exceedingly mrs beauchamp who had already began running over in her mind the different people to whom she could show off her illustrious guest replied with the most cordial earnestness assuring her that there was nothing the colonel would not feel ready and bound to do in order to show his respect and gratitude for the admirable elegant expressions respecting the slave business which mrs allen barnaby had read up to them on that point replied our authoress with a good deal of solemnity on that point i shall have much more to say i consider it in fact one of such prodigious importance to this whole country that i am almost tempted to believe i should make my work of higher utility by devoting my pages wholly to the slave states than by mixing up in it any observations concerning that portion of the union from whence slavery has been so unwisely banished my general admiration for the whole country and for all the truly superior people who inhabit it would render it extremely disagreeable to me of course were i to feel myself obliged to blame the principles and conduct of any portion of them and yet my dear madam how could i help pointing the finger of reprobation against those who actually threaten as one of the gentlemen so well observed the other night to revolutionize this magnificent and unequalled country by abolishing slavery mrs colonel beauchamp was in ecstasies while listening to this speech and really seemed to restrain herself with difficulty from falling at the feet of the speaker oh my she exclaimed while tears of emotion trembled on her eyelids i expect that you do understand the nature of the union better than any gentleman or lady that ever visited it before yes my dear lady you are quite right there is not one of us could bear or abide your speaking any way disrespectful of any part of our glorious and immortal country and therefore as you most elegantly observe it will be far better and preferable a hundred thousand times over that you should write wholly and solely upon the great blessings and advantages of slavery instead of turning away from our quite perfect state just to belittle the others pray god you may keep in the same mind about that my dear mrs allen barnaby and then i shall be only just too happy that's all yes dear lady 
that is my view of the case exactly and if we can but contrive to keep the good major and the rest of our party tolerably well contented and amused in the south and west i really do not see any reason for our travelling north and east just to find what is rather less perfect oh my yes dearest mrs allen barnaby that is exactly hitting it off to a nicety rather less perfect that's just the fact rather less perfect repeated the patriotic mrs beauchamp infinitely relieved by finding that nothing which had been said upon slavery which was of course the subject nearest to their warm southern hearts had produced any very greatly reduced estimate of the general perfection of the union as a whole on the mind of the enlightened traveller there is one other point my dear mrs beauchamp in which i must say a word or two resumed mrs allen barnaby with an affectionate smile you must promise not to think that my bringing all my party with me is any mark of ostentation of course you know that with us an author of any celebrity is considered as paying the very highest compliment possible by bringing friends with him to any house where he may be invited it is always considered as a proof that he looks upon the family he visits as worthy to become a part of his own chosen circle and this feeling indeed is carried so far that i have known every one of a party of ten who accompanied one of our favourite writers to a nobleman's place in the country desired to give their autographs which were accordingly inscribed in the album of the duchess the duchess yes i am pretty sure it was the duchess my own favourite duchess who is always so kind to me i just mention this circumstance my dear mrs beauchamp to show that in bringing my party with me i am paying you the greatest compliment i have in my power to bestow and i wish you to be aware my dear friend that this is my reason for doing it and not any foolish feeling of ostentation i hope you understand this i do my dearest lady most perfectly and entirely replied mrs beauchamp warmly i feel all your goodness and kindness to me and my country and nothing shall be wanting that i can do to make big gang bank agreeable to you only dear dear lady let me entreat you not to be running away in a hurry it is a great wide town of a place as you will see and there will be room enough for you and your friends and a heap of folks besides if you should like more company and that my dear lady is one of the blessed advantages of having a gang of slaves at command it is likely enough that if you travelled eastward to philadelphia and boston and new york or to any of the unfortunate free states you would find that noble-minded as all the people are on account of their being americans they would be so fretted and troubled about where to get help that ten to one they would not be able to invite you to their houses so many at a time as we can do poor things is it possible that their foolish prejudices keep them in so degraded a condition it is really pitiable returned mrs allen barnaby adding with great sincerity i really doubt if under all the circumstances notwithstanding my reverence for them as americans i really very much doubt if i should find everything there as completely to my taste as i do here mrs beauchamp again applauded the admirable good sense and discrimination of her friend and they parted after its having been made perfectly well understood that the time of their setting off together for big gang bank was to be entirely regulated by the pleasure and convenience of mrs allen barnaby our provident and thoughtful heroine had already written very eloquent amiable and satisfactory letters to all her new orleans correspondents in reply to their invitations 
and she now stood with a list in her hand of the names and the places her promised visits to which were likely to maintain the whole party at free quarters for at least six months to come bravo she exclaimed aloud to her heart and now for a little visit to the dear good perkinses she found the two sisters in a very comfortable state of mind and by the help of a little ingenuity in a more comfortable state of body too than could have been expected considering the usual temperature of the quarters that had been assigned them their bedroom was indeed almost intolerably small and intolerably hot but the good-natured cleopatra hinted to them that nobody ever came into the wide sort of corridor upon which their attic apartment opened and which as is usual in most houses in that region stretched the whole length of the house except to look for boxes and trunks that being the great receptacle for all such articles after receiving this hint which was made intelligible by sundry grimaces indicating the possibility of putting forth from their crowded room a table and chairs the sisters ventured without any more special permission to establish themselves there during the performance of all the needful stitchery which little wardrobes require and though its vicinity to the roof gave it rather a fearful resemblance to the piombi of venice it had a strong current of air passing through it and they both agreed in thinking it better to sneeze than to be stifled here it was then that with thimble and scissors and pincushion and wire and remnants of lace and well smoothed knots of ribbon the fair matilda fabricated caps and tuckers to her heart's content while her willing well-pleased sister sat opposite to her darning the stockings of both had they been discovered so employed a few short days before the scene would have had quite a different aspect for miss matilda might probably have been groaning under the necessity of decorating a head and bosom that appeared of value to no one but herself and even the more gentle-tempered louisa if not equally bitter and fretful in her misery might have been looking very nearly as sad from her dread lest the solemn promise she had received from her sister might not avail to preserve her from the self-destruction to which the utter indifference of all the american gentlemen they had yet seen seemed but too directly to lead but now the aspect of everything was changed matilda was actually talking to her sister and laughing while the happy louisa instead of dreading what she might hear her say next sat listening and darning and darning and listening with the most comfortable air imaginable and not without hope perhaps that among the many pretty speeches repeated to her as having been uttered by sundry unmarried american gentlemen she might hear something that sounded really promising so girls began the panting mrs allen barnaby as she approached them you are high enough to be sure at the very tip-top of all things but when one does get here it is fresh and pleasant enough get a chair for me louisa that's a good soul and then upon the gentle spinster's running off to obey her she dropped into that which she had left fanning herself with the delightful vegetable fan of new orleans which she rarely put out of her hand except when asleep and turning her ample person in all directions to catch the current of air she exclaimed upon my word you have managed well ladies i'll be hanged if i have felt any place so cool since i've been in this stove of a town oh dear me i'm glad you like it replied the kind louisa assiduously arranging a ragged footstool for her accommodation and without in the least intending to be ironical as some might have fancied could they have felt the atmosphere that was thus applauded i do believe it is not much hotter here in the garrets than it is down below hotter louisa i tell you it's twenty times cooler than our room but i do believe you two are very sharp and clever in looking after your own comforts and that's one reason why i think you will be pleased at hearing what i am come to say to you now the sisters were all attention and mrs allen barnaby proceeded 
there is no need i suppose for me to tell you girls that i am got already to be all the fashion at new orleans i suppose you have found that out for yourselves i think so indeed my dearest friend and no wonder returned matilda and yes indeed ma'am tis quite plain as you say chimed in louisa well then i hope you will be ready to allow that i am notwithstanding all that the same good kind friend you have ever found me when i tell you that one of my first thoughts has been how to make you to share in the advantages which all this fashion and admiration brings with it oh my dearest my most adored friend exclaimed the enthusiastic miss matilda clasping her hands and fully persuaded that they were to be taken upon some exceedingly gay visit listen to me quietly matilda my dear and you will see that it is not only your pleasure but your real interest i have got in view exclaimed mrs allen barnaby gravely you know what you pay for your board here and i am told that in many places it is much dearer still and it has therefore come into my head and into that of the dear good major too that we may be able by a little painstaking and some few sacrifices perhaps on our parts we may be able i say if you will pay to us just two-thirds of what you do here to get you hooked in for visitings that may last for months to come and that too in the midst of the very best company and with plenty of gentlemen about us matilda into the bargain what do you say to that my dears now it is quite certain that after the public reading of mrs barnaby's letters which naturally enough the sisters had listened to very attentively they had conceived hopes not only that they should be included in the invitations for that was a matter not of hope but of certainty inasmuch as they had heard that they were so included with their own watchful ears but that the scanty purse which supplied their wants would be very greatly relieved thereby and that the nine dollars which they now paid every week for their boarding might be converted while these visits were in course to other very much needed purposes it was therefore rather a blank look that was exchanged between them on first hearing mrs allen barnaby's generous proposal but happily for their peace and prosperity they both knew her a great deal too well to venture anything in the slightest degree approaching to a remonstrance and matilda being quicker than her sister and feeling perhaps less difficulty in uttering protestations of gratitude more expected than felt broke forth just in time into a volley of thanks which sufficed to keep everything smooth and not only to ensure them the visits and the mitigated expense but to spare them the very disagreeable assurance that they might just take themselves off and shift for themselves as soon as they pleased and what do you think of the scheme miss louisa demanded their patroness turning short round upon that quiet lady with a good deal of energy both of look and voice i shall think it a very nice scheme mrs o mrs allen barnaby if it won't be making ourselves too troublesome to you replied the meek spinster blushing a little oh very well then that business is settled and you may get ready to pack yourselves up pretty quickly for i don't mean to stay in this horrid hot place many days longer i promise you and then hinting that though the corridor was the coolest place in the house the two miss perkinses somehow or other contrived to make it hot by sitting there she got up nodded a farewell and departed chapter twenty four mr egerton makes a little discovery but is rather puzzled as to what use he ought to make of it his intimacy with miss louisa increases prodigiously it happened in the course of the following two or three days all of which were very fully occupied in paying and receiving visits by the allen barnaby party that mr egerton found himself standing one evening quite accidentally behind major allen barnaby while that gentleman was engaged at ecarte at a tolerably high stake in one of the most fashionable drawing-rooms of new orleans 
being behind the major it followed of course from the established habits of the two affectionately attached individuals that he was opposite to his elegant son-in-law don tornorino who never failed to be so placed when his respected father-in-law amused himself by playing at cards frederick egerton himself was no great card-player and knew as little or rather less perhaps about it than most people nevertheless he had not remained very long in this position before he saw or fancied that he saw certain looks of intelligence steal from beneath the heavy black eyelashes of the dawn towards the major of course the moment he conceived this idea he naturally began to observe more closely but the doing so did not greatly assist him in positively ascertaining whether the fact were so or not if it were it was impossible to refuse to patty's darling all the credit that could possibly belong to a most dexterously skilful performance of the task for if at one moment the glance of his eye evidently fell direct upon the major it wandered so idly the next here there and everywhere that it was almost impossible to suppose him engaged in any occupation loyal or disloyal that demanded attention in this manner egerton was kept in a state of great uncertainty respecting the fact of collusion or no collusion between the parties upon whom accident had thus made him a spy and for a longer space than it is usual for a loiterer to remain in any one place but at length one of the young ladies of the family invited him to listen to a song about to be sung in the next room and he was then obliged to depart without having at all satisfied his mind one way or the other though there is something rather irritating to curiosity in such a doubt as this frederick egerton cared too little about any of the parties to have kept it long in his remembrance had not other circumstances occurred to revive it there why mr frederick egerton was still at new orleans he would himself have found it extremely difficult to say but though his laundress had been punctual in the most exemplary degree and though cleopatra had obeyed all the commands intended to accelerate his departure with the most scrupulous exactness there he was still and probably quite as unable to give any satisfactory answer to a question respecting his future as to a question respecting his past movements for some reason or other it might be on account of his handsome person and pleasing address mr egerton had been invited to all the parties that were going on and as at this particular moment everything english seemed the rage at new orleans thanks to the charming mrs allen barnaby he had been told by several of the country gentlemen whose houses were about to be opened to the authoress that his company at the same time would be considered as a very agreeable addition to the english circle his answer to all these civilities had uniformly been that he doubted whether he should be still in the country but that it would give him great pleasure that he was exceedingly obliged and so forth when it happened however that a similar invitation was given him by colonel beauchamp and very civilly seconded by his wife his reply was not so ready considering his intense aversion to mrs allen barnaby her husband daughter her daughter's husband and her friend miss matilda and considering that he perfectly well knew that they were all to be of the party it seemed strange that he should have felt any hesitation about giving a decided refusal to such an invitation the very moment he received it on the contrary however though he certainly coloured a little which looked as if he felt somewhat embarrassed by the invitation he replied very distinctly that he should have great pleasure in waiting upon them this invitation had been given and accepted before the evening on which a suspicion of unfair play on the part of the major had arisen in the mind of mr egerton had it been otherwise it is possible that a natural distaste to being thrown into the society of any one of whom it was possible to conceive such an idea might have caused him to give a different answer 
but as matters now stood the young englishman felt more disposed to protect the hospitable american planter than to turn away from him and as a first step towards doing so determined to have a little conversation with annie's pale protege louisa for the purpose if possible of learning something concerning the position held by the barnaby family at home not indeed that he wanted the gentle spinster's evidence to convince him that the father mother and daughter were not as perhaps he would have phrased it de nous autres nor that the son-in-law was not a true-blooded hidalgo nor that his friend louisa herself or her fair sister were not ladies particularly well educated or highly bred all this he might have trusted to his mother wit to decide for him but he thought it worth while to discover if possible whether the military chef of the party had or had not enjoyed the reputation of being an honest man it required no very difficult manoeuvring to induce the grateful louisa to walk out upon the convenient terrace with him even though the doing so involved the necessity of an evident and obvious tete-a-tete -tete between them under the shelter as usual of a blooming orange-tree how do you like this warm climate miss perkins he began i think you seem to suffer from it less than most of us it does not make me ill at all mr egerton she replied but i suppose all english people would like a little more cool air if they could get it undoubtedly have your friends the barnabys been used to such a climate as this before i rather suppose not from their appearing so greatly oppressed by it upon my word that is more than i am able to say returned miss louisa for notwithstanding we have got so very intimate we have not known them long indeed i rather imagined you were related said egerton not at all sir not the least in the world she replied then you must think them very amiable people miss perkins to set off on so long an expedition with them he observed miss louisa was rather at a loss how to reply to this observation for in fact it was during but a short portion of their not long acquaintance that she had been beguiled by her good nature into thinking any one of them amiable at all yet though she hesitated about saying this in so many words she had quite tact enough to feel that this good kind young gentleman whom she had made up her mind to be certain was violently in love with her young friend and ally annie beauchamp was not at all likely to admire or approve the ways and manners of the barnaby race more than she did herself and it was more from esteem for him than any love of gossip and less still of any unkind feeling that she answered i don't know about that mr egerton my sister matilda thought she should like to see something of this country and its ways which she thought likely i believe to be greatly different from ours and that it was that brought us across the sea that was very sisterly and good-natured on your part miss louisa he replied but do you not think it was rather a dangerous experiment for two single ladies to put themselves under the protection of a gentleman whom they knew so little of you must forgive my speaking so freely miss perkins on the score of my being a countryman indeed sir it needs no excuse on the contrary i take it exceedingly kind of you and i won't deny but what i think your remark seems a very just one to be sure we seem to be very comfortable just now because all the american ladies and gentlemen seem inclined to be so civil to us on account of mrs o i mean mrs allen barnaby's writing a book about them what name was it miss louisa that you were going to give her said egerton something beginning with an o though miss louisa perkins had been certainly desired not to refer in any way to the former appellation of the major it did not occur to her as possible that mr egerton should take any unfair advantage of him on account of his having changed his name and she therefore replied with perfect frankness i was going to say the name o'donagough sir they used to call themselves o'donagough when we first knew them which is now rather better than a year ago o'donagough repeated egerton musingly is it an irish name 
i don't know anything about that mr egerton she replied we made acquaintance with them at brighton where as i dare say you know sir a great many strangers are always coming and going without knowing very much about one another but this i must say for major and mrs o'donagough and their daughter miss patty as she then was that we saw them in the very best of society indeed they were very nearly related to some of the highest company there perhaps you may have heard of general hubert sir he seemed to be a gentleman very well known by all the higher sort of people general hubert repeated egerton with a stare of great astonishment these barnabys as they now call themselves related to general hubert i cannot help thinking that you are mistaken about that miss louisa i do not think it likely that general hubert should be related to these to this family that you are with i don't think it does seem very likely sir myself replied miss louisa very ingenuously but yet i do assure you it is quite true for i was in their company myself and my sister matilda with me when general hubert and mrs hubert and young mr hubert the son and old mrs compton mrs hubert's aunt all came to drink tea and pass the evening with major and mrs o'donagough as they were called then at brighton and my sister matilda made the tea so you see sir that i could not very well be mistaken tis very strange said egerton looking almost as much mystified as the danish prince himself when using the same words but certainly miss perkins he added after a few moments consideration i do not see how it is possible you could be mistaken about it oh no sir you may quite take my word for it that i am not at all mistaken about this relationship and what's more continued miss louisa with natural eagerness to convince her companion that she was making no blunder in her statement what's more mr egerton i have been at a party in their house in curzon street in london when not only general hubert and his lady and daughter were there too but ever so many more ladies and gentlemen also who were i believe related to the general or his lady a mr and mrs stephenson were some of them perhaps sir you may know the names of mr and mrs stephenson too certainly i do replied egerton his puzzle becoming greater as his belief strengthened as to the correctness of miss louisa's statement did the huberts and stephensons know these friends of yours by the name of barnaby as well as by that of o'donagough miss perkins reflected for a moment before she answered and then replied upon my word i don't know about that i don't much think they ever were called barnaby till they came away may i ask you miss perkins resumed the persevering egerton if you know the reason which induced the major to change his name this question seemed to awaken the simple-minded louisa to the impropriety she had been guilty of in so frankly stating to a perfect stranger a circumstance which she had been especially desired to conceal and she stammered blushed and faltered considerably before she determined how to reply to it but at length she said in an accent calculated to remove suspicion if anything could i believe mr egerton i have done what they would think very wrong in talking about it at all but though i must say the doing it at first was just thoughtless and nothing else yet your kindness sir in seeming to care a little about us because of our being english makes me feel as if i had done no more than right neither and this much i think i ought to say over and into the bargain and that is that mrs allen barnaby as we call her now did tell me and my sister matilda the whole history why it was that the major thought it best to change his name and that it was rather for his honour than the reverse and what many a gentleman i believe would be proud to tell of the name of general hubert however probably did more than this simple testimony of the worthy louisa's opinion on this point towards persuading mr egerton that he was mistaken as to the notion he had formed respecting the major's style of play 
nevertheless not even this could altogether remove a vague feeling of doubt upon the subject by no means indicative of very high personal esteem for his well-connected countrymen and it gave him satisfaction to think as he meditated upon the visit he was so unexpectedly engaged to make to colonel beauchamp that at least he should in some sort be able to repay his hospitality by giving a little attention to the game if it should happen that he and the military consort of the authoress should chance to play together during the time his own visit lasted End of chapters twenty three and twenty four